I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Breaking Down Bad Books, a podcast analysing trashy bestsellers from a literary perspective. Today we're looking at chapter 20 of Twilight, titled Impatience. So where we left off, everyone's pretty much gone their separate ways to try and corner the tracker. And Bella heads off with Jasper and Alice to go to Phoenix, because where else would she hide? Still not over the fact that they're going along with Bella's plan here, but let's press on. So the chapter starts and Bella's really confused and her thoughts are hazy and she's like, am I dreaming? Am I not dreaming? She doesn't really know where she is. And so she says the room was too bland to belong anywhere but in a hotel. So I don't know if Bella's ever stayed in nice hotels, but it doesn't sound like it because she just says it's got bedside lamps bolted to the tables, which were a dead giveaway. And the long drapes were made out of the same fabric as the bedspread. And that there's generic watercolour prints on the walls. Doesn't really sound like a hotel. Sounds like a shitty motel, if you ask me. A bit Bates Motel-ish. I've stayed in motels before, uh, like roadside ones, and I've never seen a lamp bolted down. Is that a thing? That they just bolt down lamps in shitty hotels? I mean, I've never picked up a lamp to test it, but she can see it. So that she must be able to see the bolts. So they must just be staying in the dodgiest hotel. and. The Cullens are rich, surely they could have sprung for something a bit nicer. But I'm getting very Shit's Creek, Rosebud Motel vibes from this. So she tries to remember how she got there, but she can't. All she can remember is a sleek black car, and the glass in the windows was darker than that on any limousine. And basically the car's racing more than twice the legal speed, but she's probably not complaining about it, but she's noticing it. She's got a bugbear when it comes to speeding limits, and she's going to notice it. But she's in the back seat with Alice, just like stroking her head because Bella's crying her eyes out in Alice's lap. She cries so much that her eyes run dry, which I don't know if that's a thing. Do eyes run dry? So I've just done a quick Google and your eyes can't run dry. You can't just run out of tears because your tears are secretions of the glands near your eyes. And these glands are responsible for keeping your eyes moist and free of debris. And these glands actually make far more tears than you need. So you wouldn't actually be able to run out of tears unless you were severely dehydrated. So no, your tears cannot run dry. And she says that her eyes are just really sore, but from the windows she can see dawn break over a low peak somewhere in California. The grey light streaking across the cloudless sky stung her eyes. But, but, 
But just three paragraphs earlier, she was telling us that the car windows are blacker than any limousine. So they're clearly not very good at blocking out the sun. The sun's stinging her eyes, but it's not affecting the vampires who would turn into sparkly nightmares, apparently. So so apparently this strong dawn light is just stinging her eyes through the black windows, but she doesn't want to shut her eyes because if she shuts her eyes, she sees like images of Edward snarling and Rosalie staring at her and the tracker's careful scrutiny. Which... I think she's just being dramatic because surely she can still picture those things in her head, even with her eyelids open. It's called daydreaming. Who can't picture things with their eyes open? It's, uh, it's just her subconscious acting out on her, I guess. And so then she's saying how she stayed awake as the car passed through a mountain pass and the sun was behind them, reflecting off the tiled rooftops of the Valley of the Sun. And She wasn't surprised that they'd made a three-day journey in one, and she's looking out at Phoenix, and there's palm trees, and golf courses, and swimming pools, and a thin layer of smog around the rocky ridges. And I was like, you just told us you couldn't remember anything. She started the chapter telling us that she didn't know where she was, she didn't know how she got there, and then she proceeds to tell us exactly how she got there, with all these details that a person who couldn't remember wouldn't remember. She's telling us about the shadows of the palm trees on the freeway. But apparently when she woke up in the hotel, she was like, where am I? What? I'm so, I'm so discombobulated. But I guess I got to let that go. We're going back in time and we're just going to now live the rest of the day out as if it was the present, even though this is a memory from her being in the hotel room when she wakes up. So let's just go back and roll with it. And Jasper says, which way to the airport, Bella? while he's driving. And she's like, just stay on the road that we're on and we'll be right there. And surely Jasper could have seen a few signs on the road saying airport north, like continue this way for the airport, turn left for the airport, but whatever. So she says, yeah, keep going that way. And then she's like, are we flying anywhere? And they say, no, but it's better to be close just in case. And then she remembers sort of driving past Sky Harbour International Airport, because it's important to know that. And, oh, and no, now is when she falls asleep, she thinks. So we did go back in time for a short spell, but that was just to set up the fact that there's an airport close by, because that becomes important later in the book, I remember. We did that whole detour just to establish that the major city in Phoenix that she flew from in Chapter 1 has an airport. So please remember that foreshadowing. Oh, but now she's saying, no, she does have a memory of leaving the car just as the sun was going down. But now she has no memory of the hotel room. <sighs> so I feel like this is Stephanie Meyer's little tribute to the film Memento or like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind because we're just following Bella's thought patterns and how, about how she doesn't remember anything and then she details everything and then says, but I don't remember this hotel room. Boy, oh boy. And then she says she looked at the digital clock on the nightstand and the red numbers claimed it was three o'clock, but they gave no indication if it was night or day. (laughs) How funny that the clock claimed the time. Like she's skeptical of the clock. (laughs) Just believe the alarm clock, Bella. Why are you going to be skeptical of the digital radio? (sighs) And she says no light escaped the curtains, but there was light coming from the lamps. These lamps. 
are such a focal point of this story. And so she gets up, she pulls back the drapes. It's three in the morning. So why are the lamps on? She's always going to bed with the lights on. Very peculiar. And then she says the hotel appears to be like across the road from the long-term parking for the airport. So she says it was slightly comforting to be able to pinpoint time and place. And I'm thinking, is she drugged? Did they dope her up? Because she's normally very astute. She'll clock an eye movement from across three fields and she'll read the slightest hesitation in a smile. But now we've just had three days of her like in a daze, not knowing the time, not remembering how she got into a hotel room. I think they might've doped her up. And would I be surprised? No, I can totally picture Edward saying, hey Alice, dope her up. But then again, Bella also doped herself up with cold and flu tablets in like chapter five. So maybe she doped herself up. And then Alice comes in and she's like, oh, you look like you could sleep longer. And Bella just shakes her head. And then Alice walks over to the curtains and like shuts them again securely. And I'm like, Bella, why are you leaving the curtains open? I assume she just peeked out, saw the car park and like put them back. Cause you have a tracker after you. And also the sunlight might kill your vampire friend. Oh, sorry. The sunlight won't kill your vampire friends, but your sunlight might turn your vampire friend sparkly. So wouldn't you want to avoid that? And Bella's voice is really hoarse. So Alice says, are you thirsty? And she says, no, I'm okay. How about you? And I'm like, of course you must be thirsty. Your eyes are dehydrated. You need a nice glass of water to rehydrate your glands around your eyes. And Alice is like, we ordered some room service for you. Edward reminded us that you have to eat a lot more frequently than we do. And she's like, oh my God, Edward called. And Alice is like, no, he just told me that before we left. And she had gotten all her hopes up thinking Edward had called. And then she's upset that he didn't. And bitch, it's been a day. It's been a day. Calm your farm. She's like my dog when I go to my garbage chute and I shut my door and then I'm back like three seconds later and he's like, oh my God, you've been gone for so long. Bella's a puppy dog when it comes to Edward. There I said it. And I'm not going to take it back. So then she goes to the next room and she starts picking at the food that they've gotten up, but she's not really noticing what she's eating. And I'm like, yeah, babe, you're doped up. But then she notices that Alice and Jasper are just sitting very still watching the TV, but they're like not even turning their eyes when a commercial's on. And she's like, that's suspicious. Most people don't want to watch the commercials. So she's like, guys, what's wrong? And they're like, nothing. We've just got to wait for Carlisle to call us. And Alice's eyes flit to the phone and she's like, ah, so why isn't he calling? The old Bella's back. She's back to investigating people's eye movements, but she thinks they're trying to hide something. And Alice plays it off. She's like, you know what? It just means that they haven't got anything to tell us. That's why they haven't rung. And then Jasper's like, why are you so frightened? Because he can sense her emotions. And she's like, well, you heard what Laurent said. James is lethal. What if something goes wrong? And like, what if he hurts Carlisle or Emmett or Edward? And she says, how could I live with myself if it's my fault if that wild female hurts Esme? And I'm like, who gives a shit? But she just like starts hyperventilating, her voice growing higher with a note of hysteria rising behind it. And I'm like, Jasper, you're not doing your job, mate. Can you try and calm her down? Like, if you're not doping her up, maybe slip her a Xanax. Or use your superpowers to make her feel a bit more calm. Because at the moment, you're doing a pretty shit job. And without slapping her, he essentially is like, snap out of it. Our family is strong. Our only fear is losing you. And she's like, what? Little old me? And Alice is like, yeah, if you died, imagine how upset Edward would be. And we love Edward. 
Uh, but then she does feel some calm spreading over and she's like, hmm, that might be Jasper. And I'm thinking about time, Jasper. And then she just says it was a long day of them just having the TV on and staring at it, but not watching it and just like waiting for the phone to ring. And Bella's just like pacing up and down the room where the vampires are just sitting there still watching her. And she says she occupied herself by memorizing the room, committing to memory, the pattern on the couch and like finding abstract shapes in the print. How boring. Crack a book. Ask Jasper to run to the servo and like get a magazine or something. That sounds so boring. And then she says, as the afternoon wore on, I went back to bed simply for something to do. (laughs) Get Jasper to pop over to the Walmart and get you a Game Boy. And then Alice follows her into the bedroom and she's like, what are they playing at? What orders did Edward give them to like look after me or something? And yes, that's exactly what Edward told them to do. It's like she's both terrified of James the Tracker and so concerned about what he might do to like Esme but she doesn't realize that she's also still in danger and she's annoyed that they're keeping an eye out on her. Like, duh. Yes, they're going to watch you because who knows, you might be a flight risk, which I mean, she will be. So they're perfectly justified. But now she's always annoyed. She's always annoyed with everyone who ever takes an interest in her, except for Edward. And she tries to ignore Alice, but then the panic that had been held off in Jasper's presence suddenly starts to take over and she curls up into a ball. And Alice is just like, there, there. Alice, call Jasper in. Or do Jasper's powers not work through walls? I guess that must be it. And Bella's like, Alice, what do you think they're doing? And she's like, well, they're probably sticking to the plan. So Carlisle's leading the tracker north. Esme and Rosalie are supposed to head west. Oh, oh my God, guys. So... (laughs) I think I found another typo because Bella says to Alice, what do you think they're doing now? And she says pretty much, oh, they're probably sticking to the plan. So Carlisle wanted to lead the tracker as far north as possible. Esme and Rosalie were supposed to head west as long as they could keep the female behind them. And so I imagine things are going well if they can't call. It just means the tracker is close enough that they don't want him to overhear. And then Bella says, and Esme? Question mark. And, and Alice just said Esme. She said Esme and Rosalie were heading off. So I don't know if that first Esme was meant to be an Emmett, but why would she say Esme's doing this and then get asked, what's Esme doing? Somebody done fucked up. And also, why can't the vampires just text if they don't want to call because they'll be overheard? Just send a text. But anyway, Bella's like, you sure they're going to be all right? And Alice is like, yeah, they're fine. Like, stop worrying about us. And she's like, you sure? And she's like, Bella, I'm always going to tell you the truth, okay? And then Bella's like, hmm, I'll use that to my immediate advantage. And she says, so tell me, how do you become a vampire? And Alice is like, whoa, that's that's a bit out of left field. And she's like, yeah, Edward doesn't want me to tell you that. And Bella's like, hmm, I think I have a right to know. Oh, and Alice is like, Edward will be very angry, extremely angry and extremely is in italics. So you know she means it. And Bella just manipulates her and she's like, Alice, you and I are friends. This is between you and me. Edward doesn't have to know. And that seals the deal. And Alice is like, oh, okay, fine. So Alice is like, you know how as predators, we have like all of these weapons in our arsenal. Like we're super pretty. We're super strong. We have all the acute senses. We're fast. And then some of us can read minds and see the future sometimes and affect other people's emotions, but not through walls. And Bella's like, "Uh uh-huh. And she's like, well, we're also venomous. Isn't that fun? 
And she says, the venom doesn't actually kill the person. It just like incapacitates them and slowly works through their bloodstream so that the prey once bitten can't escape. And then if the venom is left to spread, it will like transform that person. In- Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. To a vampire. I mean sure. Venomous vampires, wh- whatever. And basically the only The only reason it's so difficult to turn someone into a vampire is because the vampires will just have so much fun drinking the blood that they might not stop and let that person live long enough for the venom to take effect. Whatever. But she does say, all that time, every minute, the victim would be wishing for death. So it just must be like agonizing. Which is all the more strange that Carlisle was like, I'm going to turn someone into my little vampire friend when he's so against like harming the first rule of being a doctor, do no harm. And he totally just harmed Edward for three days of agony, but he saved him from influenza, but it does go against the doctor's code. But Alice doesn't remember because she has no memories of her human life. All the other vampires say that, yeah, transforming is the sharpest memory they have of their human life because it's so painful. And it is interesting about Alice's backstory. I do hope we get a bit more of that. And then they just lie there thinking. And then Alice sits up because something's changed. So she's gotten one of her trusty, reliable visions. But she obviously wasn't talking to Bella. She was talking to Jasper through the wall. So Jasper runs in and he's like, what do you see? And Alice is like, I see a room. It's long and there are mirrors everywhere. The floor is wooden. He's in the room and he's waiting. There's a gold stripe across the mirrors. And then I think this will become important because she says... Something's missing because another decision hasn't been made yet. So she doesn't know where the room is. The only reason I'm calling that out is because I'm suspecting 
that when Bella does make a decision to go to this room, which should seal the prophecy or the vision or whatever in her head, she still doesn't clock the rest of the details. So decisions get made and I don't know if Alice necessarily tracks that and keeps an update on the vision. I think it's just more bullshit that the reader is just supposed to accept and just roll with. But she says the decision will be made soon because he's in the mirror room today or maybe tomorrow. It depends. (laughs) If I ever went to a psychic or a fortune teller and they told me it depends, I'd be saying, nah, hand back my money, you charlatan. But she says he's there waiting for something and he's in the dark, but he's also watching a TV. No, he's not watching TV. He's running a VCR in the dark. And Jasper's perplexed. He's like, what could that all mean? And I think it's pretty clear that he's, he's in a room watching a VCR from what she said. Hello? And Bella's like, what does it all mean? And Jasper's like, well, it means the tracker's plans have changed. He's made a decision that will lead him to the mirror room and also to this dark room with the VCR. So in my head, I'm like, oh, great. He's changed his decision. Call up Carlisle and Edward and just say, hey, he's going to be in these two rooms. Maybe stop patrol on the forest. And then at that point, the phone rings and it's Carlisle. And she's like, yep, I just saw him. Had a vision. And so I'm thinking, did Edward read Alice or Jasper's mind from that far away? Because I thought he said he couldn't do that. Or it's just a coinky dink. Could just be a coincidence. So then Alice describes the vision for Carlisle and she says whatever made him get on that plane, it was leading him to those rooms. And record scratch. Like, I'm sorry, he went on a plane? He went on a plane. So the guy who had just run barefoot from one half of Canada to the other half of Canada is, is catching a plane to Phoenix, which is less of a distance. Catching a plane in, I don't know, is it daytime yet? Who? I guess not. Vampires, they're just like us, you guys. Sometimes they just don't want to travel on foot. They want to fly commercial. And so I'm thinking, can vampires just rock up to an airport and not be treated like terrorists because surely there's thermal body imaging or something. Surely they do scans at the airport for people like with bombs and stuff. And so wouldn't it pick up like that man doesn't have a heartbeat. He's not radiating any warmth. And like, wouldn't they pull him over for questioning? This is, this is post 9-11. How's a vampire flying? I, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Also, I think it's nighttime. Well, I'd want to hope that it's nighttime because planes go above cloud level. You can't be sure of a plane being shielded from sunlight. That's got to be a consideration for him. I think it's late afternoon, early evening, so he might be fine, but it's a bit of a risk. But they're all like, we don't know where he's going. And obviously he's coming to Phoenix. Obviously, where else would he go to? They didn't give him any other options. Think about it. Where's Bella's scent? In Phoenix and in Forks. And he's just spent a whole day or a day or two just establishing that she's not in Forks still. If I was James, I'd be like, maybe I will check out where she said she was going to go. How frustrating. So then Bella and Edward have a quick phone catch up. And she's like, oh, Edward, I'm so worried. And he's like, oh, I told you not to be worried about me, you stupid bitch. Just any chance to nagger, he'll, he'll nagger. And she says, where are you? And he says, we're just outside of Vancouver. And he's like, Bella, I'm sorry, we lost him. 
it seems like he got suspicious of us and he's careful to stay far enough away so I can't hear what he's thinking. So Edward can't read minds from a long distance. So, oh, you know what? Maybe they called Alice at that exact moment because they saw James getting on a plane, which coincided with Alice's vision. So it is just a timely coincidence. So, okay. It was a timely coincidence that converged on this phone call. I'm going to drop it. But then Edward says, he's gone now. It looks like he got on a plane and we think he's heading back to Forks to start over. So are you trying to tell me that he's flying to Forks, the place that we know doesn't have an airport because Bella had to fly to Seattle and then some other shitty regional airport and then drive down. But they're they're expecting that he's now flying from Vancouver to Forks, which is in running distance. Why would they assume he's flying to somewhere without an airport and that's within running distance? He's clearly flying to Phoenix, guys. I just want to like jump into the pages of this book, like Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets with Tom Riddle's diary and just jump in there and say, guys, he's going to Phoenix. Open your fucking eyes. And then Edward says, you don't have to worry. He won't find anything to lead him to you. What about her smell? Her stupid strawberry flavored hair? What about the bag of belongings she packed? Or also the fact that she's where she said she would be. And Edward's like, Charlie's safe. Esme and Rosalie are watching him. And then they say how the wild woman's trying to pick up the trail. Weird that they keep referring to her as the wild woman when all she had was like curly red hair. She just had hair that wasn't straight. And they're like, she's a wild woman. Very anti-feminist language. And Edward says that the wild woman's been trying to pick up the trail. So she's been all through town through the airport, through the roads around town, through the school. She's digging, but there's nothing to find. And airport? Does Forks have an airport that I don't know about? Forks has got a sneaky little airport that Bella did not fly into. And then they say that they love each other again and they miss each other. Romantic, romantic, romantic. And then as soon as the phone goes dead, the cloud of depression starts to creep over her again. And Jasper pick up your game. So then Alice is sketching what she saw on a piece of hotel stationery. And if this motel has had to bolt down the lamps, why are they giving out hotel stationery? Because I'm sure that's getting pinched every time a guest checks out. Anyway, so Alice is sketching away. She's like, oh, there's the room of mirrors and a wooden floor and like a gold band across the room. And Bella's like, yeah, it's a ballet studio. And they look at her shocked. And Jasper's like, do you know this room? And he sounds calm, but Bella can tell that there was an undercurrent of something she couldn't identify. Again, the poor person reading this audiobook who has to say, do you know this room calmly, but also with an undercurrent of something that is not described or identified. The poor audiobook person. They did not get paid enough. And Bella's just like, yeah, that kind of looks like a place I used to go for dance lessons. It was shaped just the same. She's like, the bathrooms are down there. The other dance floor's through that door over there. The stereo goes there. And she's got photographic memory. She couldn't even remember how she got into this hotel room last night. But this ballet studio from when she was eight years old, she's like, yep, I know everything. And Alice is like, would you have any reason to go there now? And she says, no, I haven't been there in years. Besides, I'm a terrible dancer. I don't think they're actually asking if you're going to go escape from hotel quarantine to go for a dance. Oh my God, this is hotel quarantine. 
For any international listeners out there, Australia has hotel quarantine, so if a visitor wants to come in, they have to wait for two weeks because of the coronavirus in a hotel before they're allowed to go out into society. And I guess that's what they're doing with Bella. Anyway, don't worry about that. And so Alice is like, there's no way that this room is connected to you. And of course it is. James, the person tracking her, he's a tracker. He's in this room. So obviously it's connected to her. Bella's like, no, it can't be. I don't even think the same person owns it anymore. It's just a dance studio, guys. And Jasper's like, where is it? And she's like, oh, it's around the corner from my house. (laughs) Bella, of course it's got something to do with you, sweets. And they're like, your house in Phoenix? And she's like, yeah, 58th Street and Cactus. Again, she can't remember entering the hotel room, but she remembers the street that her ballet studio was on that she went to 10 years ago in a town that she no longer lives in. But then Bella's like, hmm... This is starting to sound pretty suspicious. So she's like, can I call my mum? She's meant to be coming home soon and I don't want her to go back to that house that's close to that dance studio just in case. And Bella's thinking about how the wild red-haired woman was at Charlie's house in the school where her records would be. So that's how James would figure out her home address. Maybe she should never have gone to Phoenix. Wow. And Alice is like, how are you going to call your mum? And she says, they don't have a permanent number except for at the house. And she's just meant to like call in to check her messages regularly. Renee, get a fucking mobile, mate. What the hell? They've been in Florida for like six months now or something, right? And Renee hasn't sprung for a mobile. How's Phil like doing baseball business without being contactable? And also she's ringing in to get her messages. Is she just going to a payphone? Get a mobile, Renee. Out bloody rageous. How's she been ringing Bella all this time? She rang Charlie last chapter. How's she doing this without a phone line or a mobile? What? This book is a product of a different time. I swear to God. And Jasper's like, hmm, okay, yeah, give her a call. Just make sure you don't say where you are. Uh, These are the worst bodyguards, as if you'd let her get on the phone. Phones can be tracked. He's a tracker. Did you think you wouldn't try tracking your phone as well? So Bella leaves a message and she's like, mom, it's me. Uh, If you hear this, just give me a ring. And she leaves the number to like Alice's mobile, which they seem to believe won't get tracked. But like, again, they're dealing with a tracker. But she's like, yeah, just don't go anywhere. Um, Don't worry. I'll talk to you later. But as soon as you get this, call me. Love you, bye. And then she goes back to just waiting around in the hotel room, just watching the TV, eating a plate of fruit. And then she says she must have fallen asleep on the couch again because then she woke up as Alice was carrying her to bed. But she was unconscious again before her head hit the pillow. So not a care in the world. Just out like a light. Hotel quarantine is tough, guys. It can zap you. It really can. And that's the end of the chapter. It's like a little bottle episode chapter with just the three of them in a hotel room. So it wasn't super exciting. And the next chapter is called Phone Call. Hmm. So I'm starting to think her brilliant plan to go to Phoenix and then to call her mum is starting to unravel. So I'll see you next week to cover that. In the meantime, why don't you hit me up on Twitter at podbreakingdown or nathanbrown90. Let me know some of your theories about what the phone call will be. And like, I mean, this is a 15 year old book. You don't have to have theories. You can have just read it. But if you have any thoughts about this hotel quarantine scene, let me know, hit me up. You can also visit breakingdownbadbooks.com and check out some of the merch. How fun. 
And if, if you're compelled to do so, leave us a rating. Leave us a review. How fun. That would be great. Love getting reviews. Good ones. Not a fan of the bad ones. Because I can dish it out, but I can't take it. So I'll see you next week. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.